them that in this episode 23 and this week i am talking to a man that can only be described as a bona fide inspiration he's an iraqi refugee in turkey right now he lost it all back in 2003 with the american invasion and eventually he had to flee his country he had to flee baghdad and well you know, we could all assume that life as a refugee is really hard. Well, it turns out it's a lot harder than I would have ever expected. And while a lot of people would crumble under all this stress, and you see a lot of people who've crumbled. I've been to Turkey for a couple of weeks in my life, and it's a beautiful country, but you see a lot of suffering in the streets. You see a lot of Syrian refugees right now, especially mothers with babies, breastfeeding homeless. You see a lot of like gypsies and stuff. And the government apparently isn't helping these people much. Not at all, actually. And, you know, instead of falling into this situation himself, my friend Oz, he persevered, and he's not only doing okay for himself, but he's helping a lot of other people to his own expense, to his own danger, and to his own persecution in the country. And I just found it beyond inspiration. You know, I met him back in 2014 through my friend Tommaso. We were traveling there, and... You know, I added him on Facebook, and, you know, that was that. And then I started seeing all the good things that he does. He helps a lot of people in the LGBTQ community over there and a lot of other refugees. And I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to know what inspired him to do all of this. So enough with this intro. Like, I'm going right into it. I'm going to start the podcast, and I urge you all to listen because he's a very interesting dude. Very interesting. You don't want to miss it. Them that in this 24, here we go. Welcome. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. So we met like a, we met back in like, I met you through Tommaso about, yes. wow, 2014. And I think we hung out for like one night and you were like this really interesting guy. Like come to find out, like through your posts, you do some amazing things. You're like heavily, you're a human activist, right? And you're uh, like you're heavily involved yeah. with like uh, the LGBTQ community. Yes. So I want to. I would like. I want to. I've always been curious to know, like, um, like how did you? How did this happen? Like, what was your story? Like, how did it begin? How did you find this inspiration to to do what you do? Um. So. Yes. Thank you. Um. But just to start with. Um, for having me I appreciate it and yeah I mean uh, so I'm, I'm I'm from Baghdad I I was born and raised there and I I'm half Iraqi half Palestinian and I was born in 1991 so basically I grew up under Saddam Hussein's time and then we I I was 
11 or 12 when the war started and uh, from 12 years old to 19 year, years old I lived the war mm -hmm. uh, and then after that I came to Turkey and I you know uh, I, I became a refugee uh, here can I ask you a question real fast sure so like the the war like started in like 2003 right like over there yeah like, yeah, yeah. like how was it like living through that war like what was your like what like, what was your impression of like um, Americans and all that like at that point like what was it what was it like going through all this um it was strange because you know first you know before the war things were normal you know and mm -hmm. now I don't know what normal is but I remember back then you know it was normal we would go to uh, a restaurant me and my family and my father would uh, take us out for dinner or lunch we would have nice birthdays at our house and our friends and, and family and relatives would come um, you know my dad would drive us to school and you know, we just had a normal life and um, after that just things got so crazy that you know we we just started seeing bombs explode and we started seeing dead bodies in the street and you know I was I was I was a teenager like maybe 13 14 15 16 and I would see dead bodies and I would see a, a bomb exploding in in, in in front of my school and I would you know see that my neighbors or my teachers are are getting sh shot and killed and shit um yeah it was crazy and we just I remember that my we were threatened and we had to leave our house because my father comes from a sect of Islam my father comes from a sect of Islam and my mom comes from another sect of Islam so we in 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 one neighborhood uh, they threatened my father because he was in the minority you know like yeah. the, he was the other and mm -hmm. we had to leave that place um and i had to leave like my school my uh friends my, our house everything basically the life that we know and we we went uh to another neighborhood because uh, that you know that before that you know they they basically killed so many people from this sect that yeah. the the you either if you're from that sect you either get killed or you just escape the neighborhood and we were like the last because we lived there all like for years and years and everyone knew us we thought okay this cannot happen to us we just couldn't imagine that it could happen to us because you know people know us there mm -hmm. uh, and then the last two we were like the last two families that stayed in in our neighborhood and the last person uh, the, the other last person who st who was there the you know some terrorists or thugs came to his house uh, went up to his Room. First, they they asked because he, his relative has a has a shop downstairs, and they asked his relative wh where is he, uh, and he he didn't tell them. So they put the gun on him and Shit. said, "Where is he?" And then they told he told them he's in the second floor in his room. So they went grabbed this guy in, from inside his room, mm -hmm. and they took him down 
with them, put them in the back of the of the truck, and drove away. And then the the next day, he was found dead in garbage uh, wow. place. Yeah. So when that happened, we we thought, okay, we really need to leave. Um, and we, and by the way, like all of that, my sister saw it when he, she was there when when they did this. Uh, when when they went and took him from his place, so um, so then we we went to another neighborhood, and and this time it was a more diverse na- neighborhood, and it was more, um, you know, a, a bit more affluent. So we thought it's safe, or it's safer. But then after, because my mom comes from another sect of of Islam and she is Palestinian she's not even Iraqi she doesn't wear the scarf she speaks with a different accent than people so uh one time like the when the uh, someone who's connected to a militia he 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 just said that she uh kidnaps children and puts and she keeps them in our place Fuck um, so the so I woke up one day I was maybe 15 or 16 um I woke up and I saw three policemen and army men were in my neighborhood. Uh, sorry, in my house, not in my neighborhood, yeah. in my house, in my room. And they're searching. And they just took my mom. They arrested her with, with no evidence, you know, other than this guy said something. So yeah. she stayed 50 days in prison. And of course, when, the, when a judge... It, it, it took 50 days for the judge to see the case and when a judge saw that there's no you know people reported missing that connects them here or there's no evidence whatsoever so they freed my mom but from these two experiences alone you know I had other issues as well uh, regarding me you know I grew up uh, as an as an atheist and 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 i i used to, i was pretty outspoken about my beliefs or lack of beliefs and i had like you know um some some styles you know i i used to have a longer hair yeah i would i would i would wear like bracelets and necklaces and you know just a teenager and yeah. and some people i got attention of of their own people and i got harassed and and bullied and and threatened but anyways from all of this, I, I realized from a young age that if you are different, then people will have a problem with you just because you're different, not because yeah, you yeah. did something wrong. And I, 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 I felt what persecution is. I knew what discrimination is. I knew what hatred, blind hatred is. And even though I didn't really think about it too much and, and rationalize everything, um, but I felt it I knew it and I knew that you know obviously it's not fair so um, that's when like when I used to see like LGBT people represented in um, the media uh, or movies or whatever Mm -hmm. I I saw when I was a teenager I saw that and I I realized basically that they they are like me they are persecuted because of who they are and they haven't you could do you could you could have done nothing wrong but just because you're different you could be hated for who you are so yeah. that's when i well, that's when i started to you know feel connected uh, and 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 feel solidarity and and compassion with those people even though like i'm not lgbt myself i'm i'm straight but mm-hmm. 
I just feel like it's not fair for anyone to go through that. Yeah, and, of course not. Yeah. And I was outspoken about it also. Like I, I talked, I was talking. I used to talk about it when I was in, in Baghdad to my friends, to my schoolmates, to my family. Of course, some people raised eyebrows, and even my my own father thought I was gay because I was talking about this issue in such passion. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I didn't care so much, which also got me in trouble. I didn't care so much what people thought. I just wanted to say the truth. And um, yeah, so I came to Turkey and I became more involved with the refugees. Uh, so like that that's like maybe like maybe eight years later or something like this. But basically, I I came to Turkey in 2011. I stayed. Uh, Like maybe four years working uh, minimum wage jobs and and just like I had I worked in a factory a restaurant cafe a farm and then and then a few years later <coughs> I I just got connected and 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 met many people and also um, I decided to just go volunteer in a community center for refugees and that's when I felt my purpose that's when I've where I found my passion how were the which is how were how are the how did the Turkish people treat you as a ref as a as someone from uh, Iraq like when you first came like did you, were they yeah, nice that, to you or were they accepting or how um, was that So yeah, I mean there were there were people who were nice, mm-hmm. uh, and there were people who were helpful, and there were people who were racist, and they they I I got into trouble because of it, you know, like like being a Iraqi refugee was a reason to why we couldn't rent a house. Because I remember one day we went to ask. Uh, an office um, about houses to rent mm-hmm. and they just he the guy clearly told me we don't rent for refugees I mean he he didn't try to hide it he just said it and um, sure. I remember I tried I was you know because I spoke English well uh, from a young age I I tried to work as a as a teacher because I've done that in Iraq mm-hmm. uh, and uh, people just told me oh You're from Iraq. We don't hire people from Iraq, and they they just were racist. And and other things happened to us. You know, either it's because we're refugees, or we were just you know obviously like foreigners. Um. So yeah, I've I've felt that, and I I know how how it is. Um. Uh, so. That's how. That's that's why. Also, I I I had more and more interest in helping people who were in my situation or who are in my situation because I know that it's bad. So that's when uh, that's when I decided, like when I had the opportunity, when I when I, when I when I was um, more, you know, um, I had time and things like that. I I decided to. Uh, volunteer. I volunteered in a few places uh, before mm-hmm. I got a job in this field, and yeah. and, and then uh, and then I worked in an organization that uh, started to sponsor people. Uh, sorry, not sponsor them, but uh, find them people in the West to uh, spo- like send them money and help and 
um, one of our sponsors at that time he uh, asked us what are we doing for the LGBT community and we said nothing we work with refugees in general so we he we, he decided he said like he suggested that hey, let's do pro- uh, like a, a project for LGBT refugees and of course we were excited for that me and my uh, co-workers and and I started volunteering or working indirectly with that sh- uh, project which was a shelter um, and then I started getting more involved and I, I got a job there and then <clears throat> um, uh, two months later um, there was a crackdown on NGOs in Turkey especially mm-hmm. international international NGOs so uh, the manager of that shelter uh, was afraid that he could get into trouble because at the time people were getting arrested and deported um, deported if they were uh, foreigners arrested if they were Turkish so he was Turkish but he felt like nervous and he eventually like left he wasn't working there anymore and we I got offered the job and even though it was not so safe but I thought we we decided together that we cannot close down this shelter because there were 15 people there who have nowhere to go so I signed up and I I worked as the manager of that project for almost two years amazing and uh, yeah, I just felt like I learned a lot from people there, like from from people I worked with, from people I uh, worked for. Uh, just you hear amazing stories and powerful stories um, uh, from people. And, and the more I worked there, the more I became passionate about my work and the, become, the more I became involved and interested in doing more and more. So when the shelter closed, I I tried to support, of course, the community and their needs did not end. So uh, we still had requests uh, of and calls for help after the uh, shelter closed, and uh, I, as a, as a, as a as an individual activist, I I started to. Um, you know, I decided that I need to step up, and and I started to try to fundraise and support this community, um, whether it's like to provide um, assistance for rent or food or medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we and, and I'm still doing that. Um, I've been doing that for uh, probably a year and a half or a year. Yes, and I, uh, I see. I uh, see yeah. the post on Facebook, like uh, for the fundraising people. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I try to just basically, I think there's a lot of people who want to help, but they just don't don't know how to help yeah. and what to do. So I basically thought that I should, I should, I can be the person who is a connection between the people who need help and the people who can offer help, uh, whether it's financial or, or in other ways. So I, I use social media as a platform to basically do the do do this work and uh of course social media is one aspect of it there's other Mm -hmm. aspects but social media is is important because it connects you to people and um i i have you know i've been i've always been like a person who's always interested to meet new people and always talk to new people so um and i was really lucky that i i got to meet a lot of amazing people in my life that you know uh, or worked with them, so 
sometimes when I ask for help, you know, I, I just some my contacts are enough to provide donations or support in different ways. And sometimes, you know, people uh, uh, it's people I don't know, and sometimes it's you know people share it with their friends and circles, and and we get help. We have actually a one hundred percent success rate wow, when it comes amazing. to raising awareness uh, sorry raising donations because we mostly raise the donations for emergency situations yeah. like someone uh, is either getting evicted or got evicted or someone is hungry so when we actually when I when I talk about these cases mm-hmm. and, and and try to raise donations uh, what I mean by 100% success rate is every time I uh, like post a call for help yeah. to a specific uh, person, uh, mm-hmm. we get that help. And even That's if amazing. we don't, some uh, a few times we didn't, we don't get all of it, but at least some of it, which is you know uh, okay, also. Um, so yeah, um, and I, I used I I used a lot, like a lot of it comes from my experience working before I've been working in the NGO field in for more than five years so I, I used a lot of uh, from a lot of like my work now depends on on what I've learned before um, and yeah. now I'm working on a new project um, that we you know I we started a project mm-hmm. to raise awareness and funds for uh, refugees or immigrants uh, affected by the COVID crisis so this yeah, is that's good. my my new project it's like the most recent one and and uh we started like um in ramadan a month ago and mm-hmm. um so far we've served more than 85 families and we are serving more and more um every day um and we also depend on you know donors we depend on uh Supporters, volunteers, and there's a, there's a lot of people who want to help, which is great. I look, like so all those people that you fundraise that like I've read about on the internet on the on, on Facebook, they're like all like all their stories turned out okay. Then like they're all fine because I I wondered this before. Like I wonder if like they got all the money that they needed or that if they got the shelter or, like you know. But like yeah, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you are. In in in, a, in in the group or just on my you see it on my posts my general posts yeah but on my well, I have a group for uh, supporters and, and and donors and volunteers uh, that I share with more than what I can share publicly on my page because mm-hmm. sometimes there are information that I wouldn't like to share on like publicly so on that group I post every time we. Not every time, but most times when we have uh, situations um, where people need help, uh, we post the results. I post what happened, like that person got the money and they paid for their for the rent, and or that person got the money and now like they got food. And sometimes we provide pictures uh, when it's appropriate. Sometimes we we don't. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, providing or like. The result and 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 providing like the story that what happened after uh, the, people helped and being transparent about this whole process and, and your whole work gives you more um, trust uh, from people and people get to know you and know and trust you and also know 
what is the impact that their donation and yeah, their help sure. can make. So when they see that, then they are more encouraged to do that again and again. I would love to be a part of this page. Like you should send me a link when we're done. Like I would love to join it and like see what's up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to do that. Um, but yeah, um, we 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 also do, um, you know, sometimes um, fundraisers, live fundraisers. I've done like a fundraiser dinner, for example, um, where we try to raise awareness and funds at the same time. Um, so if you if you were in Istanbul, I would definitely invite you for that. Ah, it'd be amazing. I mean, I'll probably go to Istanbul again someday and, like, you know, you could show me your world, you know? It'd be cool. Um, how, how are, like, uh, LGBT people treated in Istanbul and in Turkey in general? Is it, like, or, or is it, like, a really harsh world for them? Or are they, like, or are they accepted? Like, how, how is it for them? Um, it's, it's hard. I think that's fair to say, mm-hmm. but it's much better than um, most places in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially if you were like openly gay or uh, visibly, um, uh, sorry, LGBTQ or visibly LGBTQ. But even for people who are not openly or visibly LGBTQ, like they being in in their original countries you know most people I work with are refugees or come from like <clears throat> um, places where being LGBT is not accepted or not just not accepted but also uh, you know people get threatened killed beaten um, openly for for that mm-hmm. and and um, yeah so when they come to at least like some cities in Turkey, not all of it, but some cities in Turkey, it's, 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 it's better mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, you can walk in some neighborhoods, you can walk in some streets and, and you don't, they still get like harassed all the yeah. time or um, physically um, or, uh, or verbally abused. Um, of course, they get threats still. Uh, s- some of them, of course, they get... Um, I, f- I, f- I think most of them uh, either got into uh, like at- an attack mm-hmm. or a robbery uh, just because when people see that you are uh from the LGBT community they they assume that you're weak or you you know uh are less protected or you know especially if you are queer and an immigrant or a refugee that that's that's that makes it even worse so um yeah we've had a lot of like attacks we've had stabbings we've had um a lot of threats um so i wouldn't say it's they're doing well that's for sure like they're not doing well N- not just when it comes to um uh, attacks or uh, threats but also when it comes to um 
their legal uh, status and their their rights. I mean, they, most of them are not allowed to work. Shit! Like, what do you do? Uh, You're not allowed to work. That's like, a good. That, nah, that's a very good question. But yeah. refugees, most refugees, the vast majority of refugees are cannot work legally. Um, so uh, they they end up either doing uh, under the table uh, work, mm-hmm. um, work illegally, uh, and get um, less than minimum wage or. Or not sometimes not get uh, the salaries at all. Like I think if you ask everyone in our in the community, have you had your salary uh, not given to you before? I think that all of them would say yes. Um, I've I've done research on this with 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 like. Um, you know, for some respected universities, and and we've had a lot of um, those situations because you know, employers. The reason, one of the reasons they hire refugees is because they they know that they can it's exploit them easily. Yeah, yeah uh, they can pay them less, or if they're having a bad month or whatever, or if they don't feel like it, they they just don't pay them at all, and they can't go to the police because, you know, most times uh, refugees are afraid to talk to the police about anything, especially when they're working when they're not supposed to work. So um, that that is another uh, issue, and also, of course, just. Um, when you when you don't know the language, that makes it very difficult. When um, you uh, don't see a future for yourself here, you know, like um, people get um, their psychology gets very bad, and um, that's when the anxiety starts. That's when the, the depression starts, and uh, that's also when. You know, like many of our people have, you know, uh, cons- consider suicide or try to commit suicide. And I, have a, I have a question. Like, all right, yeah. so when I was in Istanbul, like, I, I, you see, like, a lot of, like, among, amongst the homeless people there, you see, like, a lot of heartbreaking scenes. Like, I saw, like, at least, like, a few, like, mothers with their, like, babies that were homeless, like, Syrian refugee mothers with their babies or children, like, yes, is there, does yes. the country, the government, the Turkish government, does it provide any kind of relief for them, like, or are they basically just, like, living off of, like, the handouts of, like, good-hearted people, like, what happens to, the, to them, like, what, what, what's, no, what's the, there? The, go- you know? the government doesn't have a program to support, um, you know, refugees if they... If 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 they don't have any money, like like um, there's a lot of people like that, and um, there is some NGOs, like a few NGOs that offer some financial help. But you know, you, you need to if you if you have like more than if three children or more, or if you have a disability, then they give you some money, but that money is not enough to live on um, because you know. That money is barely could pay for your rent, yeah. so you need you need you still need money for food and you still need money for other things and clothes and for your kids and stuff like that. Um, so um, no, there is no proper support uh, like support network for refugees or so what hap- refugees. What do they do then? Like that? Like like when winter comes and it gets like super cold, like do people just like let them like die in the streets? Like what? What's like? What's the deal, you know? Um, I think 
I think the the issue is just the fact that they can't work uh, legally. So, no. you know, you have homeless people everywhere, but even even when you have homeless people, at least you know, like, hey, uh, if if you if you physically can work, then you can work legally and get a salary, and yeah. and. Um, your employer is not supposed is, is not allowed by law to uh, not give you your salary or give you half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so and, and if you're not physically able to work, then usually in 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 in, in better you know societies or in, in in better countries or better systems, let's say, uh, they give you a salary to because they don't want anyone to go hungry. Yeah. And uh, here, um, if if even if you want to work or even if you like you're really dying to work, you can't work uh, legally. So that that's a big issue. Um, and and if you're not, uh, if you can't work. Uh, that's also a big issue because you might get like if you physically cannot work you might get something from NGOs not from the government but like I said it's not enough like, so where, where do they go from there though like what's where's the hope for the future like what's like their goal overall to like to get to Europe or like like what are, what are they what are the hopes and the dreams you know mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I worked with uh, mostly like when I worked uh, uh, more intensely with refu- with organizations uh, that work with refugees uh, on a daily basis, I would get uh, desperate calls and and hopelessness and and sadness from like that was my reality because I talked to people. Who are desperate all the time, and I talk to people who they just they either ask for help or they just they're just sick and of from being here because they know that you know being here is the problem and they want to go somewhere else. So the most uh, the most frequently asked questions from refugees I, I used to get. Sometimes in life, shit happens, and that's exactly what happened to us yesterday. I got the recordings back and it turned out that halfway through, one of the mics just gave out. And it's a loss. It's a tragic loss because we were already having this great discussion. And it only got more intense and more, more touching. I felt emotionally touched after, after our 70-minute conversation. And we're left now with only 30 minutes of it. And at first, I was just going to scrap the whole podcast and just put something else. But I thought like... No way, you know, he had something important to say and I was going to put it on air, even if it's just a half an hour. And I hope it inspires you guys to help out others more and maybe send some donations. Um, Oz's current project is United Hands for Refugees and it's helping Syrian and Iraqi refugees during these times of, of COVID. You know, it's, it's hard enough when a, a citizen of a country who's able to work loses their job and they have to depend on like the government to help them. These refugees, they don't have any government support. You could, like, rob them. You could do whatever. They don't really have anyone to go to. So his current project, United Hands for Refugees, it accepts donations. It raises awareness. And if you can't donate right now, 
it'd be even amazing if you could just share it, you know? You could find them on Facebook. You could contact them on Gmail, unitedhandsforrefugees at gmail.com. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you've enjoyed the podcast, episode 24, please like it, subscribe it, follow us on Instagram. And I hope you guys have a wonderful night. Peace. Spirit. Spirit. Don't you know your brother's hungry? Don't you know your sister's lonely? Don't you know there's babies crying? Don't you know your brother's dying? Yo, man, check out Pondo with his ass is too up like throw up from the floor. Oh, man, check out this is all the Don't you know your brother's